0: The horses are at the gate. And they're
1: off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, Racing's regular guy. All right, racing's
2: triple crown is behind us for the year. And it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, quite a quite a mix. Uh, I was kind of hoping that Tacitus or War of Will would get the job done last Saturday at Belmont Park, uh, just so there'd be some kind of continuity. Of course, Tacitus ran. Uh, well, got moved up to third in the, uh, Kentucky Derby. And it would have been great for Bill Mott because Bill Mott has to say, yeah, I won the Derby with an asterisk behind it. And, uh, I feel for him as great of a trainer as he is. He's in the hall of fame and as beautifully bred as this horse, you know, tap up until this year. Well, I guess now the record is three of the last six races, uh, were won by, uh, by sons of, of Tappet, uh, so I was really pulling for him. And then of course War Will, uh, you know, it was a really sportsmanlike gesture on the part of Gary Barber and Mark Cassie uh, to bring him back in the Belmont after, of course, a very uh, troubled Kentucky Derby and a, a very impressive Preakness Stakes. But you know, they don't just hand out uh, Triple Crown. Uh, uh, titles and uh, we know how hard it is to run in the uh, Derby the Preakness and then the Belmont and uh, Will tried as he might kind of faded in the stretch Yeah, he's going to deserve a break I'll tell you what Make sure you uh, get uh, put a ring around whatever day the Travers is. I don't have the calendar with me right now. Uh, but uh, so many of these horses are, are pointing uh, towards the Travers. Uh, once again, there's a reason why they call it the Midsummer Derby. It's a mile and a quarter for three-year-olds. So uh, the Belmont in the past will be asking uh, our guests uh, kind of their take on it. I, I know what uh, my first guest's take on it was, and that, of course, I ought to pay this guy to be my co-host. He's on so often. Uh, Mr. Ed Meyer will be with us. Well, Mr. Ed was a recipient of the pick four. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you how much on air. Of course, it it, is... Let's just say Ed had a very, very good day. And uh, if by any chance he does owe you money, this would be the week to uh, give him a ringy ding, I would suggest. And uh, so we're going to be talking to Ed about the Belmont. And then, of course, it is Stephen Foster Knight at churchill downs the action starts at six in the evening they have their lights up now so they'll race into the evening Uh, it is predicted for pretty nice weather Uh, maybe about 80 degrees mostly cloudy Uh, so it looks like we should get those uh, races in on the grass and on a fast main track Uh, and uh, so ed's going to Take a couple of the races. I believe there's a humongous pick five and over at Churchill, and uh, our s- uh, second guess is a guy that's been at Churchill Downs all week and he's there tonight. I believe the races just got over about ten minutes ago, and uh, obviously has been on the backstretch and knows what's happening with uh, so many of these top top horses. I, I think his headline was uh, uh, the Stephen Foster. Grade one winners go for grade two. Now, for some reason, this race is at grade two, but so many good horses have run it. I can't believe that uh, the jockey club or the commission that rules that roost uh, hasn't moved it up. But anyhow, Marty McGee's been writing stories about uh, the Stephen Foster uh, all week long, and he's going to be with us. Uh, We'll get his read on the Triple Crown and, of course, uh, how lucky he was to be at uh, Gulfstream Park. Uh, just had some marvelous tikka chicken. Uh, I believe it's a Palestinian dish. Um, I'm uh, down here in uh, northern Kentucky, going to be taking over the farm for oh about nine or ten days here at uh, the uh, Johnston Acres. Uh, of course, a lot of people might remember Jeff Johnson as a jockey and now is one of the top members of the Jockey Guild, and a lot of people will remember JoLynn Johnston. Uh, she was a long time, uh, track uh, marketer for racing, did some work with the NTRA. Uh, she's done a lot of commercials, voiceovers, and uh, still does that today, and uh, man, uh, J- Jeff uh, had a Palestinian friend, and he missed the restaurant in New York, but he got the recipe, and That stuff is good. My voice sounds a little bit edgy. I just came back from uh, my college reunion. It was the reunion and uh, just a great time with some fantastic friends. Uh, So uh, a lot of screaming in some busy bars as the noise level went up. So if my throat is a bit raspy, you'll have to forgive me. All right. Now, with all this big racing, you're going to have big pools. A lot of people betting into them, and so your money disappears. Don't be afraid to make a big bet. And I know Ed tapped into some easy win forms for his big hit at Belmont this week. You may want to do the same thing. Now, remember, it's it's Stephen Foster night on Saturday, so get all your uh, mowing the lawn or anything else you do out for the way during the day and there's some great racing uh that's going to be on in the evening and of course got plenty of time to pull down those easy win forms um had an exceptional week at suffolk of all places uh, a, a one dollar uh, super key brought home 1,668 and uh Also had a $1 Pick 4 that paid over $1,500. And a good week at Gulfstream, too. Uh, It was a $1 Super 5 box that paid $1,500. And a $1 Super 5 key paid $1,100. So pull down the Easy Win forms, and we'll be talking to Ed about his uh, use of them in his Big Pick 4. All right, well, I want to tell you that Byron King and Frank Angst... There's two more guys. If they owe you money, you better give them a call because they had a great week. Always thank them for being with us here at Winning Ponies. And uh, last week was a reason why. How about in the Belmont Stakes? Frank gave us two horses. Of course, uh, both Frank and Byron like Tacitus, who I think could have won the race if he wasn't parked outside the entire mile and a half. He had to break from the outside 10 post. But. Frank said, I got a long shot I like in here. His name is Sir Winston. And, of course, uh, Sir Winston got the job done. Another horse, and Frank pointed this, coming out of the Peter Pan. You may recall that Woody Stevens, Hall of Fame trainer, used to use the Peter Pan as a prep for a lot of his Belmont success. And, uh, well, right now, another trainer that's done that is Mark Cassie, uh, second in the Peter Pan with a really good finish. And so the son of awesome again, Sir Winston, paid $22.40, and Frank's exact was $48. So it came in Sir Winston, Tacitus, and a horse I did not have on my ticket, Joe Eva, who was 21 to 1. Man, there was some great racing there last Saturday. Let's not forget the Acorn. I was all over. Uh, Sarah Gentry Empress but uh, sad to say so was Javier Castellano who was right at her throat latch the whole day and Sarah Gentry Empress and uh, Cookie Dough just cooked each other on the front end how about this for fractions when you're going a mile 21 and 4 And 43 and (laughs) 4. That's racehorse time if you're going six furlongs. They had to go to a mile. Cookie Dough backed up. Sarah Gentry Empress didn't. She fought in gamely uh, with rad Ortiz in the saddle, but had to settle for second behind Garana, this was the horse that was making only its second lifetime start, broke its maiden at Keeneland by 14 three-quarter lengths, trained by Chad Brown, a daughter of Ghost Zapper, and the public was pretty hip. Garana went off as favorite surrogatory empress, the second choice, finishing third at 46 to 1 was Geltran. On to another uh, solid grade one race. This one, a very, very exciting finish. It was the Run Happy Metropolitan, and who gave us the winner of this one? That paid $9, none other than Frank Angst. Uh, This uh, Matoli had speed right from the gate, uh, was uh, uh, challenged uh, pretty much all, especially at the three-quarter pole. It looked like some horses were going to go by, but came back. Steve Asmussen trained, Ricardo Santana ridden, and got the job done just over McKenzie, who was the favorite. Now, if you go back and look at this race, you'll see that um, McKenzie definitely had uh, some trouble during the running, Uh, could have uh, easily... cost uh, her the race him the race rather he's a four-year-old colt now and in the third spot was uh, Thunder Snow again very a uh, close finish uh for all three of them and uh Thunder Snow of course have been a a world traveler and uh uh he he he's been uh, he's been everywhere done everything has won how about this over 16 million dollars but it was a very exciting finish in the met mile and again frank angst giving us the winner then we went on to the grade one manhattan and the winner in there It was a horse we all liked. Bricks and Mortar went away at odds on. Made a race of it the whole way around, but this horse, ever since its layoff, has been undefeated. And again, reels off another grade one win. Bricks and Mortar, a lot of people are whispering potential horse of the year. In the second spot was the Chilean bred Robert Bruce. Third from down on the rail at eight to one. Loved the book, loved the movie, Raging Bull. Then another great finish in the Woody Stevens, And it was Hog Creek Hustle. Jenny Reese like in this one of those Ellis Park graduates Vicky Foley gets her first grade 1 victory with Hog Creek Hustle the owners are from Hog Creek Kentucky came from 10th the first and got up by a neck paid $39.80 in second was Nitrous at 17 to 1 in third was Barracho at 15 to 1 so he had 18 to 1 17 to 1 15 to 1 a fifty cent try paid one thousand five hundred and seventy. A ten cent super paid three thousand four hundred and forty five dollars. Uh, the favorite, Honest Mischief, ended up finishing sixth in there. And then, of course, the legendary Brooklyn Handicap, the winner picked by Byron King, paid ten forty. Marconi. Was the horse making back some of that sale money? Two million dollars. This son of Tappet cost at uh, at Keeneland. So congratulations to Byron King. He got us there. Another horse that had layoffs and has come back and done nothing but uh, but uh, win, win, win ever since that. Uh, and uh, the second spot was Rocketry, and third was Realm favored in there was you're to blame who backed up and finished fifth so a lot happened in the last week at belmont park we're going to talk to uh my man steady eddie meyer about his uh, fine success handicapping the card and then uh he's going to pick a couple races from saturday's stephen foster card at churchill downs i'm john Engelhart. you're listening to winning ponies
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast
1: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john Engelhart.
2: All right, and back with me, a man I should probably start paying as a co-host of uh, of, of Winning Ponies. Uh, although, uh, with the ticket he cashed on Saturday, he's not really hurting for the money this week for sure. Hey, you know that he used to be behind this microphone talking to you on Winning Ponies. But then he had to take a big-time job at a big-time track, and he was nice enough to hand the microphone off to me. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the man I admire, the one, the only... Ed Meyer. How you doing, my friend?
0: How's it going? Little uh little Belmont uh hangover. I'm having uh still uh still still elated with the uh the, the happenings of the day, but uh, quite a card uh, to watch and wager. And hey, I wanted to congratulate. First out, Randy T wins the Winning Ponies free handicapping contest, a hundred and fifty cash. John, it came down to the final time, and he's 15 one hundredths of a second to the better, and so he wins. Randy T., congratulations for the Belmont Stakes free contest on winning ponies.
2: Well, I hope he also went to the window on that trifecta. It, it, uh, it, it paid uh, rather well, uh, you know, especially with that... Uh, Joe Evia at 21 to 1, that horse was not on my ticket, I can tell you that, uh, so he, he blew up a lot. As a matter of fact, hey, I was having a conversation with a good friend of yours the other day, Joe Evia blew up his ticket, Steve Pearson said to say hi if I was talking to you, so.
0: Good man, very good man, and a heck of a handicapper. He,
2: he is, but he said, I just couldn't put that horse on my ticket, you know. So the only graded race he he was in, uh, he got dusted in the Wood Memorial by Tacitus and Tax who were in the race. So, Ed, uh, before we move on to some some of the races you want to talk about uh, at Churchill this week, um, tell me about your Saturday. I know you had a good one. What were your handicapping angles? Looked like we had uh, kind of a... Speed play and track. And, you know, a lot of these uh, long shots were breaking from the one hole that were hitting the board. But uh, aside from that, what were the methods you used for uh, getting and I did not give the amount of your ticket out. I just told people if you do owe the money, this would be the week to call.
0: If I do owe you, please get in touch with me immediately. John, I gave myself a $100 budget. I love the pick fours, especially when they are guaranteed it was 1.5 for races, 8, 9, 10, 11, ending up with the Belmont. Gave myself a $100 budget. I'm not going to pull punches. $100. So I start off with race number eight, and I'm actually using the Winning Pony Easy Win forms. And I'm looking for this long shot. I'm just looking for some lightning in a bottle. Well, I take all. Yeah, 11 runners in there. I take all, and I get it with Hog Creek Hustle, who oh. I actually have been running and was very happy for Vicky Foley.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, uh, from a Hog Creek, Kentucky, baby.
0: So, oh, and, and I was elated to start my pick four like that, and then I decided that... Early on, that I take the top three, the top three, of the winning pony easy win form selections in in race number nine, the Metropolitan. I caught it with their top ranked number one pick, Matoli. I believe was seven to two. If I if I have it correctly,
2: yeah, exactly
0: beautiful. And and then race number ten, the Manhattan. I loved Bricks and Mortar personally, and it was. Winning Pony's top selection as well. So that was my key horse because I wasn't looking for a big payoff, $3.30. I ran Ortiz and Chad Brown, and it had the highest turf rating in the field according to Winning Pony. So that was my key I took the top three runners in the Belmont per the Easy Win forms, and ended up with Sir Winston at twenty two forty was uh, their top pick. So I lighted up. I, get, I got a pick four, and I'm not bragging, but only from the Easy Win forms, four thousand two hundred thirty
2: six dollars. All right, I didn't give the amount out. I was waiting for you. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know I'm happy for you, brother. And uh, Thank well, that, you. that's good because uh, we, we got. I, you know, transparency. You and I are hooking up in, in Kentucky this weekend, and we're going to be playing the uh, the, the cards uh, on on Saturday. So uh, that ought to be fun. I look forward to you. As you know, I'm I'm farm sitting down here, and uh, the weather's supposed to be beautiful. We can kick out on the porch. We got TVG through the uh, st- the, the glass window, and uh, do me a favor. Right? I forget, I packed everything but a couple cigars. Can you can you bring it? cigar for each of us down here we can hit this uh this beautiful i think, porch I, can and... pull the,
0: I, think I can pull that one off i i, I think i'll bring you something very a, a nice stogie i i know i owe you about 500 from uh getting in your private stash over the years so uh i think a very <laughs> nice stogie is is an order <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> i always thought that box was a couple short when i brought it home but that's a whole okay. lot
0: short but you know <laughs> i don't know who took him but he was a bad guy what can i say <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can't watch all, everything all day. I understand that, Ed. Um, well, I'll tell you what. The weather looks like it's going to be good on Saturday evening. I'm ha- happy for uh, you know the, the the Churchill Downs. I'm happier even more for the people that are going to be betting these races because it looks like we're going to get the grass races on the grass and the, the uh, main course races on a fast track.
0: Cannot wait. Once I saw the, the weather report, I mean – handicappers watch the weather channel i think more than anybody out there that, it, it's not the 89 year old man no it's handicappers and horse players because it really makes a big difference and but churchill downs can take a great deal of rain and by the end it could be sloppy starting off and if they get a good wind and uh, the sun comes out it could be fast by the end of the day the turf course actually has an excellent drainage system but we're not going to have to face any of that. We're going to see a. I saw the pretty sunshine uh, logo right there, and I said, "You know what? I, I cannot wait. I'm I'm chomping at the bit." And there are some incredible stakes races on tap.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, take your pick of a couple, and let's talk about them while we got some time here together.
0: Well, for for me, I I was. I was wanting to go with the race number six, and it's the Wise Dan. And now, I know Marty's really going to be dialed in, but there's somebody in there that really kind of caught my eye, and I'm sure that he's he's going to be able to shed a whole lot more light. That's his uh, his stomping ground. is his probably his place of birth in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> but I, I kept coming back to admission office, breaking from the 12-hole, Joel Rosario for a trainer Brian Lynch, John. This is third off of a layout. That's one of my- my favorite angle. Oh, yeah. Brian Lynch
2: wins I sit, 15% on that. I've been next that. To you for all those years and not learn anything, Ed. <laughs> what?
0: It is what it is.
2: But uh, I, I'm sorry, I took you out of your rhythm there. But yeah, that effort in the Dixie, because Catholic Boy was the heavy favorite there and did run one of the best races yeah. of his life. But for this horse only to be beaten by Catholic Boy uh, by a half a length says a lot. And I believe there's just several other horses in the, this race that came out of the Dixie.
0: The Dixie, in my opinion, might be one of those uh, one of those hidden preps. Maybe you might get a little better price on Inspector Lindley, who uh, who ran, I'm not going to say a dismal, but was brushed out at the break and uh, finished six uh, by three and three parts and was heavily bet at the windows, uh, a little more than three to one, you know, I. I tend to to really zero in on those key race type uh, type scenarios, but for me, I, I went to the far outside. I'm hoping Rosario can actually. He's only got one to the inside. He can break, settle out as he wishes if, if he feels the, the need to to go on with it. He can. I, I I think he couldn't be in better hands. Rosario wins 16% on the turf, but I have to admit, I love that third off angle. And if you take a look at admission admission office, six starts, three wins and three seconds, it's awfully hard to cite this son a point of entry.
2: Well Ed using your uh third off angle, I think you want to keep another horse that's going to be racing uh, in the Wise Dan on your ticket, and that would be first Premio. Now, this horse is uh, coming out not a graded race, uh, but it's been uh, knocking against good competition his whole career. Brian Hernandez will ride. What I like about this horse is the fact that he loves a mile and a 16th. Has never been defeated at a mile and a 16th. Is three for three, and has a first and second at the Churchill uh, Grass. Um, I think this horse is going to float up from his 8-to-1 odds. And, uh, again, I'm not saying he can win the race, but he's got really good tactical speed and uh, could be uh, very dangerous in there. Uh, Has won about 90% of his almost 300,000 on the grass. So, again, using your third on the layoff angle, I'm going to take that one. Ed, get your teeth into another race here for Saturday. I need all the help I can get.
0: Okay. And right after that, I... And and then I took a look at the Florida Lee, and I thought he late was just going to be Double double tough, but and and then I really started focusing for me just on the Stephen Foster. John, you can bet if there's if there's any type of uh, if there's any type of big pick four wager, and you, you can bet that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a part of it. And I come out in the Stephen Foster with seeking the soul. John Velasquez and Dallas Stewart teaming up, nine for eleven over the Churchill Oval. I I really didn't know that this horse my Perfect Soul was really that geared in. Stewart's winning nineteen. But 9-for-11 over the Churchill Oval speaks volumes to me. Ran second in the, uh, the Pegasus uh, World Cup Invitational back in, on January 26th. Ran a beautiful second at 34-to-1. Went to Dubai. I shook the Dubai jinx. Came back, and I was very pleased with that May 3rd effort in the grade 2 Ali Sheba, which was really, really good. It was in the seven path. At the quarter poll, I like seeking the soul. Dallas Stewart down in Louisville, Johnny V coming in town, and well, there's a lot on on the table there that day. But I like them teaming up together, and I and I really think third off a layoff here, Dallas Stewart wins 32 percent of the time. So there's that angle for you. I'm going to keep throwing it until it wins.
2: Oh, that's a that's a great great angle. Well, listen, I'm so so glad that you uh, you, you had a great day yeah, last Saturday at at, at Belmont. Uh, I know you got plenty of bills to pay, uh, but I'm sure you haven't blown it all yet. So do please pick me up that cigar, and I look forward to uh, picking the ponies with you on Saturday, my friend.
0: Looking forward to it. nothing better than ponies uh, sitting on the deck and having a good smoke. John, have a great one.
2: All right. That was the man I admire, Ed Meyer. And now another guy who's held in high esteem, not me, but from readers across the country, Daily Racing Forms, Marty McGee is going to be with us. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What?
2: All right, and with me now, one of the most uh, esteemed handicappers and writers, as a matter of fact, an Eclipse Award-winning writer. You don't get any higher than that in racing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, A guy that was uh, born uh, not far from the shadows of the twin spires of Churchill Downs. That that would be the one and the only Marty McGee. Marty, how are you? Kind of cutting out on me there, Marty. Uh, I'll check with my producer, see if I can't get you a little clearer on that. Uh, Marty, are you with us? Yes, I'm, I'm here. How are you this oh, evening, John? I am good. I am relaxed. I'm, I'm on a farm with a couple of horses, ducks, chickens, dogs, cats. Uh, life couldn't be better because I don't have to mow the lawn. It was already done before I got here. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good, Marty. How about you?
5: I'm doing all right, you know. I, I'm, I used to always tell John Asher that uh, the Stephen Foster's kind of my cutoff for when I can start, you know, not thinking about horse racing twenty four seven. So I, I used, to, <laughs> he used to say, "It's coming up, it's coming up." The, the Stephen Foster, and uh, yeah. So once that's over, I I'd, I'd try and give my mind a little bit of a break and maybe play some golf or something. Yeah.
2: Well, you've been pretty busy. I mean, you've been working for the form all winter long, pretty much uh, down at Gulfstream Park, haven't you?
5: Yeah, I was at Gulfstream and a couple of different weeks at Tampa.
2: And, uh, you know,
5: then, of course, Keeneland's a major grind uh, leading up to the Derby and all that. And then Derby and went to the Preakness. And yeah. So, uh.
2: Well. A deserved you know, break, break for you. Uh. By the way, for people that, that are that are listening, uh, Marty just mentioned John Asher, and um, most of you probably are aware of who he is. And uh, we we lost him less than a year ago. And Marty, you know, as much as they have paid some tributes to him, there was a beautiful uh, video tribute that I saw that they played on the uh, the, the monster board there at Churchill. Uh, uh, I have have you heard rumors? I, I was just sh- shocked, spe- specifically on Stephen Foster Day, that I didn't look down at one of these races and see that one of them was named after John. Oh, I did not
5: notice that.
2: But yeah, that would
5: be fitting. I mean, they, they've had, uh, they've named streets after John. Uh, part of Central Avenue is now named John S. Asher Way. Um, there's also. Uh, down in uh, his hometown of Litchfield, and in, in uh, uh, about an hour from here, maybe an hour and a half from Louisville, uh, they named a part of the highway there. And of course, um, there's a huge portrait of him now in the media center. Uh, yeah, oh, it's, people yeah. loved John. It, it just—it was just—it's inc- an incredible tra- tragedy. We lost him at age uh, 62 last August. So, uh, yeah, we're all still feeling the sting, John.
2: Absolutely, you know, uh, when I was last down there, you could feel there, there was just something missing from that press area, and it was, you know, his, his spirit, and you, you, you never found him without a smile on his face, and I, I didn't see him tackle a, a problem he couldn't solve. He was just a, a great guy, and knew, loved music, knew a lot about music, but the main thing was, if you needed something, he made sure at some point in time, you got you got taken care of, and uh, I, I yeah. do hope that Churchill finally names, names a race at him. It should either be on... Derby Day or Stephen Foster Day you would think yeah he
5: idolized uh, Matt Wynn who we're going to run the race here on Saturday again but he used to talk about Matt Wynn all the time to me
2: well he was a a great great historian for sure Marty uh real quick we'll we'll get to the races because I got you for a long segment um just give me your takeaways from this year's Triple Crown
5: oh man I tell you John that this Derby was my 46th in a row. Um, I've been to everyone since 1974 and I just remember walking out just pretty much disgusted at how empty it all felt and how just kind of, nah, you know, and, and and I just kind of set think that set the tone for the rest of the way with country house getting sick after that and maximum security saying, I'm taking my ball and going home. Um, (laughs) So there was, you know, a little bit of an emptiness uh, as we went along the, the subsequent five weeks, and, you know, technically, quite possibly it was the right call made by the stewards. But, um, you know, I'd, I, on the other hand, I think they opened up a can of worms. Like tonight at Churchill, out of the eight races, there were objections in three different races, and I, I just think that it just kind of opens up a new um, avenue for jockeys and, and even a trainer. Claimed to foul tonight, uh, you know, just like, why not take a shot? So, um, I, I just, it, it was the Kentucky Derby, and it, it just will never have that, uh, or it has never happened before. It could quite possibly happen again. But uh, where you have Larry Comus going crazy about maximum security holding on, and then 25 minutes later, it's, uh, no, we, we got another winner. And I think a lot of people like myself, I wasn't involved in a parimutuel way. My brother actually got put up on the try. So that, that was nice. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. It, It will be probably my least favorite derby of all that I've ever seen.
2: Well, I just got back from a college reunion this weekend, and, you know, these were a lot of people that only watched during the Triple Crown, and I probably spent, you know, a day and a half explaining to people what at least I uh, observed and thought happened. I just wish we knew that John Court had claimed foul, because I think then on the replays we would have been looking at a different horse.
5: Yeah, you know, the whole thing was a big cluster, and uh, that that's the thing, it's like the, the uninitiated... Uh, observers, they don't really know what was going on and if, if you look at it from the pan shot, uh, it happened in the blink of an eye that the incident where maximum security came out and allegedly impeded war of will um, so and, and we had that kind of stuff happen a lot, not only in the derby but in everyday racing. so I, I just thought yes, perhaps it was a textbook uh, foul. But I think there has to be some context given to things like that, John, and that's why I think a lot of people were disenchanted, or confused, or, or just basically upset about the way that the whole Derby uh, thing unfolded.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, <clears throat> then I was kind of happy for Will and the Preakness, a little bit of redemption. But then, and then, but I also felt bad for Bill Mott that uh, shall I say you know hey there'll always be a cloud hanging over his derby win i would have loved to see him redeem himself with, with a win in the belmont but neither tacitus or war will could could get the job done so it was just mishmash i'd have to say now we all take a break but man it's going to be all eyes on the traver's
5: yeah i mean that's one good thing i mean we got a way way wide open uh, 3 year old scene now we d- we do have uh, maximum security scheduled to come back Sunday, as, as like a one to ten favorite in the Pegasus at Monmouth. Um, but you've got Country House. He's here at Churchill. He's going to leave shortly. Uh, I think Bill, Bill Mont's coming in Friday night. And I think when a lot of these horses leave out after the Foster weekend, that Country House will be one of them to leave. And he's going to go to Saratoga. So there's going to be a the August 24th. You can circle it right now. That's the date of the Travers. And that's when it might well decide the three year old championship, unless, you know, some other. 25-to-one shot jumps up and wins that, and then it'll be even further muddled. But, uh, you know, that's one of the things, So As we go along, we get to bet on these races, and they're pretty fun. Uh,
2: uh, no, no, no doubt about that. Um, I, I had to ask you, I know there's some rumblings now about, uh, you know, the, everybody likes to talk about horse of the year, but how about what bricks and mortar has done since coming off that layoff?
5: Yeah, I mean, Chad's done a tremendous job with him, and uh, he's 4-for-4 four four this year. He's got to be. Um the, if they stop the race right now, he would be the horse of the year because he's, he's done nothing wrong and he's won, uh, I think three grade ones if you count the Pegasus, uh, turf. Um, so it's, yeah, he's, I voted, for, I vote in that, uh, weekly NTRA poll and I've had him number one for I don't know how long, but, uh, you know, it's always, we always kind of default, John, to the, to the dirt horse. If, if a horse does, uh, all things being equal, if it's dirt versus turf, we all default, it seems like, to the dirt. But uh, none of those horses have really kind of stood out, though. I'll, I will say that Mytoli was great in the Met mile, but I really think that McKenzie, having watched him here in the Ali Sheba, and then the way he ran with an excuse in the Met, uh, I think if he wins out, he would probably be the horse of the year. But, you know, I think yeah. I guess.
2: That was a very troubled trip in in, in in the Met Mile, for sure. Well, Marty uh, McGee from the Daily Racing Forum is our guest, and uh, he's so enthralling. We're going to skip our commercial break and go right to some of the races at Churchill Downs, because we know uh, Marty's been... Uh, putting the shoe leather on and i think uh one of your articles i've got it here right in my hand basically to give the audience they can go up and get it themselves at drf.com uh what you're saying is is this is really a, a almost a, a horse for horse grade one horse is running in a grade two race
5: yeah it's real ironic you know that since 2002 john Stephen Foster had been a grade one, and we've had a lot of great horses win it, uh, horses who became the horse of the year, like uh, Curlin and Gunrunner just a couple of years ago. And for some reason that I it, I find, I, I can't believe it, but uh, uh, they downgraded it last uh, last December to a grade two. And lo and behold, you've got horses like Giftbox and Tenfold and Quip and Yoshida, who's a two-time grade one winner and seeking the soul, who's a grade one winner. They're all in the field. It's a good field of 12. Um, it's a terrific betting race. I guess the gift box with Joel Rosario will be a, a slight favorite, but, uh, there's another four or five horses who will probably be single digit odds. And I think it's, uh, um, I think this field as a whole, uh, constitutes a, a grade one and it would not surprise me if. Uh, the horses coming out of this go on to do well in the second half of the year, and, and this race is ultimately restored to a grade one.
2: I totally agree, and I, I did comment on that on the top of the show. Uh, well, Marty, let's kind of handicap the race. Uh, you know, Yoshida, I know, is stable there at Churchill Downs uh, with you, though. I see some recent uh, workouts up at Saratoga, but he's coming back. Last time I saw him was at uh, at, at Churchill Downs, but I guess maybe uh, he went back to the spa after that trip over to Dubai. Um, has uh, never won a race at Churchill Downs. That's kind of surprises me.
5: Well, he's he's kind of been in Bill Mott's New York division, and um, he did win on Derby Day in the, what they called the, uh, I guess they called it the Woodford back then. No, it was, it was the Old Forester about <laughs> last year in that monsoon, uh, but he won the, the grade one, the race before the Derby, on the grass here, but he's only run the one race on the main track, and that was in the Breeders' Cup Classic last fall when he was fourth behind Accelerate. And uh, I just think that maybe the 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 twelve weeks or whatever it's going to be, John, it, it might be a little tough for him. He does have the twelve hole, so I'm probably going to go elsewhere. I'm I'm not doubting the quality of the Yoshida. I think uh, by the end of the year, he might show himself to be the best horse in this race. But I think un, under these circumstances, uh, going the mile and an eighth off the layoff. Um, I think I have to go with tenfold in here for Steve Asmussen. And the way he ran of the Pimlico Special, Steve's really happy with the way he bounced out of it four weeks later. And uh, this horse is really putting it all together. They got him 12-1 to 1 on the morning line. There's no way he's going to be that. I think five-ish is about right on him. So I'm going to go with tenfold over gift box with Tom's detente. There's not a whole lot of speed in here. And I know that Al Stahl intends for uh, Sean Bridgman to go ahead and send him from the nine-hole. And um, so I I think it's going to be a 769 tomorrow in the foster here at Churchill Downs.
2: All right, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, from Marty McGee, who is just kind enough to check the weather for me. And uh, there might be a little moisture in the air. He, the, the prediction has changed since what was printed in the racing form today. Um, but, again, you can't predict that stuff down here. It, it changes quickly. Well, uh, Marty, uh, uh, pick another race. It's awful hard to uh, come up with, with with a favorite race in here. There's so many good ones. Yeah, John,
5: we're going to have the a, a, a single six, which will have a carryover tomorrow, Friday, of 151000 after nobody even had a – nobody even divvied up any of the new pool today. So that uh, the pick, the single six on Saturday will, will be races four through nine, and the stakes are races five through nine. The tenth race is an Arabian race, so that has been excluded from all the, the big multi-race wagers. Cool. Um, but you've got the the regret, which which is race nine. That's a terrific race for three year old fillies on the grass. You've got the Matt Win, which uh, starts it off as race five. Uh, race six is the Wise Dan, has an over field of older turf horses. That is way wide open. And then the the race preceding the Foster as race eight. Excuse me, as race seven is the Grade Two flirtly. That and the Foster, the flirtly and the Foster are both. Winning your end races towards the Breeders' Cup, which we all think is going to be held at Santa Anita, we're not sure. And then they're all both of those races will be shown live tomorrow on a 90-minute broadcast on NBCSN. The, the show goes from 8:30 till 10 Eastern Time. And again, both the Florida Lee and the Foster will be shown. The Florida Lee is a is a terrific race. Mott's a big player in there too, with Elate, who hasn't won since the Delaware Handicap last. July but she, as we all know, is a real quality Philly, having knocked heads with the likes of Abel Tasman, Midnight B. Sue and, and a lot of the top uh Phillies and mares in the in the elite division. So they've got her eight to five on the line, John. I think she'll be lower than that, maybe even money or so, and she's definitely the horse to beat in the uh um, in the fleur and by the way, I left out one other thing. The fleur and the foster for the first time are not handicaps. We used to call them the fleur-de-lis handicap, Foster yeah. handicap, no more. Churchill's done away with the handicapped conditions. They're now allowance conditions. It's going to be the same for, and this is, this is kind of breaking news, the Clark handicap is no longer the Clark handicap. It's going to be just the Clark. And uh, the fall city, the river city, all of them in the fall, they're all going by the wayside.
2: What is your feeling about that? Because I used to love the old handicap races. I mean, you know, watching them just pile weight on a horse like Forgo and him still snubbing the competition with 132 pounds on his back. It was something to behold. Do you think the idea now of going to these, shall I say, softer conditions uh, is a search for full fields and to ensure that the favorites will show up? Yeah, to, uh, that's
5: exactly right. To make sure they'll show up, you know, it's guys like Bobby Frankel and, and who would say, no, nah, you're, you're putting 127 on me. I'm not, they're only putting 124 on me in, you know, in, in New York or California or whatever. I'm not going to come. So that was one of the problems. Another thing was the weight spread. If you had a horse who you couldn't weight high, like the 123, then you, it, to really make it fair, a true handicap, the, the spread would have to be 16 or 18 to 20 pounds down to the next horse. And then, if you're starting at one hundred and twenty four John what are you gonna do Have a guy right ride right at hundred and four you know as you can't get a jockey to make that lightweight anymore and as Ben Huffman and I explained briefly in my story about this was that uh, a lot of the jockeys here at churchill and and the major circuits they're tacking one hundred and sixteen to one hundred and eighteen so if you're if you're trying to dip down by by um Starting your handicap highways at 124 or so, and, and to make an equitable spread as you're supposed to, you got to go way down the way down the list to 110 or 108, and there's not a lot of you know top jocks that are going to do that way. So that was one of the one of the reasons they they are now just making them allowances.
2: One of my favorite stories, Marty, was uh, after one of the I think it could have been I don't know the Marlborough. It was a big race in New York and uh for, for Go had Bill Shoemaker on him and uh, <clears throat> he got up and lasted uh might have been over foolish pleasure. I I, I forget all the details. I think it was
5: honest pleasure, yeah. It was honest pleasure. Uh, okay, I well that, not, I was the, honest damn pleasure, yeah
2: damn close and so they interviewed uh, shoemaker after the race and they said what's the hardest part about riding for go he said taking that damn saddle off <laughs>
5: yeah it probably weighed about 40 pounds so. <laughs> yeah
2: and he only weighed about 98 so yeah right
5: yeah <laughs> but yeah, uh good stuff
2: we won't that's hear quotes like days, John. like uh, we just won't hear that anymore. Well, listen, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hor- Horst was famous and legendary down there. Churchill Downs was wise, Dan. I know you already said that, man, this race is wide, wide open. But I want to get Marty McGee's uh, read if you had a chance to, uh, to to look at that race. And I'm sure this close to race day you have.
5: Yeah, it's uh, first premio is my pick and there. Number three, he's got uh, Brian Hernandez up. And uh, let me go to this race here, John. He really ran a big race and, and winning a, a tough allowance race on the on Keeneland opening weekend, and then he was a decent fourth against a, a soft pace uh, on Thursday of Derby Week. And I just think that Brian is going to work out the right kind of trip for him. I, I really, you know, again, if you're playing the multis, the, the pick fives, et cetera, this, this really looks like a, a kind of a a, a race where you got to spread. I've got admission off a second for Brian Lynch. It's in the post. The California veteran coming off a layoff for Jeff Mullins' third. So, first premios, uh, my top pick here in the Wise Dan. Wise Dan was one of my favorite horses. As a matter of fact, on my Twitter, my Twitter page, I've got uh, that picture that Jamie Hernandez took of him. Yes, uh, him and Johnny and in the rain one night that uh, won the. She actually won the Eclipse Award for the photography the same year I won for the writing. So I'm, it's kind of a subtle link there, but uh, Wise Dan. I I used to laugh at how good he was. It was just, I I remember going out to one of the Breeders' Cups out in California, and my brother-in-law was like, well, he's just, uh, he's okay. I'm like, no, no, this is a super horse. And he was just, uh, he was something to behold. It's just, if you went back and watched all of Wise Dan's races, you would just marvel uh, at how talented he was
2: absolutely and as far as i know he's just kind of a uh lawn ornament at chuck lepreste's farm uh, in central kentucky
5: yeah charlie loves to have visitors come there i haven't done it yet but i've read some pieces where where other people have gone and seen him and uh he and his wife uh, amy are really proud to have him it's you got uh, wise dan and uh what was the other horse's name Um uh, he was almost
2: oh. as good. Uh, yeah, it was his half brother, was, wasn't it? Uh,
5: yeah, uh, I can't believe I can't think s- of it. Successful but, uh, Dan?
2: Yeah. I'm scratching my successful head.
5: Successful Dan? Yeah. Why is Dan is successful Dan? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. It's so actually successful Dan got taken down in the Clark one year. My brother had two horses in there, and uh, it was just a it was just a, a gang up at the eighth pole. It was like four of them coming and four of them going. It was just a big. You know, like a big ball of yarn, all put together, and and they they chose to to DQ successful Dana and Charlie. I I think Charlie's still angry about it, but anyway, it's uh yeah. He he always talked about those horses. That those were uh, those were great times, really.
2: Uh, absolutely, and uh, again, you talk about Jamie Hernandez. She is the wife of Brian Hernandez, and she had to be Marty on an aluminum ladder. Taking that photo in a thunderstorm. How dedicated are you?
5: <laughs> oh yeah, because that was a, that was a scary night. That was one of those nights where you're like, oh my god, what is this doing around here? So uh, everybody was wet, and uh, yeah, it, it was a tough night.
2: Uh, well, uh, l- let's see. Uh, it looks like we we got about three minutes left, Marty. You want to pick another one of these graded stakes races and give your comments on it?
5: Yeah, the the regret is the it's the, it's the ninth race and it's the, really a key race in terms of the multis because the um, the as I mentioned the single six ends with race nine the regret the all, the all stakes uh, pick five ends with the regret and it's way wide open John I've I've got Winter Sunset pick. she is the morning line favorite but the one thing about her was when Leora. The Kentucky Oaks runner-up got hurt last month. Uh, Wayne Catalano made, a, made mention. He goes, man, you hate to lose those kind of horses out of the barn for, for the time being. But I do have another really good filly, and it's winter sunset. And she's drawn the one hole, and she ran a big third behind Concrete Rose and newspaper record in the Edgewood. And Wayne says she's trained great, and there are no other uh, stakes winners in the field not even, you know, the just horses who have recently broken their maidens or allowances. I think the 7 to 2 morning line is going to be low. She's going to be closer to 2 to 1. But if you have to go solo in the regret, I really think Winter Sunset, who's out of the the great mare Winter Memories for the Phillips family, the, the Darby Dan people who you know uh, a lot about. Um oh, yeah. but I think she's going to be I think she's going to be real tough in, in this race.
2: Uh, absolutely yeah winter memories as i recall was a graded stakes winner the dam of this horse at at keeneland do you remember that or am i dreaming yeah i think she might have won the uh the queen elizabeth if i'm not mistaken
5: but uh, yeah she's one of like she's one of like like four or five great mares they've had there at at darby dan
2: absolutely i remember reading a a story about her and uh how, how many uh great mayors from that family uh we're either still around still producing or how far back they went in history as far as connections with darby dan
5: yeah it's uh well, Marty, yeah it's, okay go
2: ahead no, uh, no i no i was just if if you've got more i still got another minute so i'm uh, no i, I just my,
5: my good friend uh tracy willis just died there she's uh she died about three or four weeks ago she was john phillips's right hand man at I was stunned by the news. It came right after the derby, and uh, she was kind of the, the hidden backbone of that operation. She was only about 43 years old, and uh, yeah, um, I know that they're they're all still hurting there, so maybe this would pick their heads up tomorrow night if uh, this horse would win.
2: And also, uh, we lost our longtime starter uh, at Keeneland this past week.
5: Yeah, it was Speck Alexander. You know, they had a great tribute to him after his, funeral on Tuesday in Nicholas, Nicholas on the outskirts of Lexington they had the starting gate positioned outside of the uh the church and the cemetery and when his hearse came past they sprung the gate for him it was really uh, i'm sure his his close friends really got uh, were touched by that
2: Yeah, it's awesome. As a matter of fact, I've got it uh, on on my Facebook page, Uh, so uh, it's out there on YouTube, and I was looking, I'm like, hmm, what is this? Because I didn't know what it was at first, because I hadn't read anything, I was just watching the video, and then, boom, when I saw where it was, and saw exactly that it was timed as the hearse went by, I got chills, it was unbelievable.
5: Yeah, he was a
2: great guy, he used to, he barely knew me, he would joke around with
5: me and everything, you know, just. Uh, uh, He had a whole lot
2: of friends. I know that. Yeah, he knew who you were, Marty McGee, and I know who you are, and so does our audience here at Winning Ponies. I I, I know you're really busy this weekend, but I do hope when all is said and done and the the lights are turned off at Churchill Downs, you do get a good night's (laughs) sleep and a a future round (laughs) of golf.
5: (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Always good to be with you, John. Thank you. All
2: right marty mcgee a, a great guy talented eclipse award winner and a damn good handicapper folks i hope you wrote down his picks also want to thank my friend ed meyer to be with us want to remind you when in doubt get your easy win forms they sure helped ed get to a big ticket on saturday at belmont park for everybody here at winning ponies i'm john Engelhart. remember when you go to the races bet with your head
1: not over it
4: staff, and management.
0: Every Saturday morning, listen for the Superstar Sports Talk Block on Voice America Variety. We've got the best programs. If you want to talk football, hunting, outdoors, racing, and more, the weekends belong to sports. And you'll find it every Saturday beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll hear from the...